Hello, hello. Welcome to the Podcast Manager Show. I'm Lauren. And if this is your first episode, thank you so much for being here. And if you are here every single week, you know I love you. Thank you so much for coming back. I am so excited about this episode because we are talking about private podcast feeds. And if you don't know what this is, don't worry, I'm going to explain it here real quick. But we are talking about how you can create a private podcast for your clients. And I am interviewing Dr. Lindsay Padilla of Hello Audio. Hello Audio is one of the services that you can use to create a private podcast. And the service that I'm using right now with my accelerator students, we're taking the content that I'm teaching them in the accelerator and putting it in a private podcast. So you add this feed to your podcasting app and you can listen to lessons, listen to episodes, just like you would a podcast, but it's a private feed. Dr. Lindsay Padilla is an ex-community college professor, that's where the doctor comes from, who accidentally started a business while on the tenure track. Now, as a CEO and co-founder of the Hello Audio software, she challenges online industry norms of unfinished courses and unconsumed content with this product. We're talking about how you can use a private podcast to sell something, to add to a course. Just this interview is so incredible. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. Before we dive into this interview, though, I did want to remind you guys that we added a widget to our show notes where you can record a message for me just like a voicemail, you're going to leave me a voicemail. And I'm going to be using some of these clips, your questions on a future episode. So go to the show notes for this episode. It's laurenwrighton.com forward slash episode 79. And send me your question by recording me a voicemail. And I may use that clip in a future episode. And I'm going to answer it in that episode as well. So I've loved seeing these messages come in. So make sure you send me one. Okay. Without further ado, let's go talk to Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to the Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm excited. I love talking to podcasters. Yes, we are talking all about private podcast feeds, but I would love to start by you sharing how you went from community college professor to starting Hello Audio? Boof. <laughs> the deep questions. Yeah. Um, and this could be a whole show in of itself, uh, but I will kind of keep it tight. It was definitely a six-year journey. So yeah. So I was a community college professor and that was literally my dream job. No joke. And I was on the tenure track. I was about a year and a half away from getting tenure. My husband was actually a, a semester away from getting tenure. So we both were teaching at the community college level. I taught sociology. He taught physics. And yeah, we loved it. And this is what I worked my whole life for and got all the degrees, all the loans. And so I did not, you know, set out to start any sort of business, you know, to leave my job. There was no like, and that's a common entrepreneur story. Like, oh, I don't like my nine to five or like, I don't feel fulfilled. I was actually very fulfilled. I was really good at my job and I loved it. But I like 
saw what was possible. So my the beginning of my journey, which is common for I think a lot of people that end up in the online, you know, starting their own businesses was an MLM. I actually was doing network marketing, super was like, okay, cool, this is fun. I'm going to work out and sell these shakes. So it was uh it was Beachbody and it did change my life and I loved sharing the product with people and I was like, okay, cool. I can make an extra, you know, a thousand bucks a month. And of course, with Beachbody, there was Shalene Johnson. That was like the connection. And she's so like, she was teaching people how to build your tribe online and do social media. So I was listening to her podcast and I was like, yeah, like I'm going to build this cool business side hustle. And once I found her, of course, then I'm on Periscope. <laughs> this is like circa like 2015, 16. Okay. This is my exact story. I See, was on- This is why I like sharing it. Yes. I started yeah. as an MLM Beachbody. I've been following Shalene since Turbo Jam. I was on Periscope. Yep. I Okay. You're speaking my language. We're twins. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> so we basically were in that same era of bringing people in mm-hmm. um, to this space. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And then, right, probably like you, you, you start following people like Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield. And you're like, oh, why am I selling somebody else's thing that I only get like a cut for? And I was like, I mean, with especially with Beachbody, it kind of disturbed me that I was like all of a sudden a nutritionist and I had no, you know, the academic in me is like, I don't know if I should be like, you know, and so... Yeah. And then spending all this time and getting like $30 per shake that I sent. And, but then people are messaging me all day asking what foods to eat. And I'm like, this doesn't add up. Right. Yeah. So by the end of like my first year in Beachbody, I went to the one, I went to like one of their like big events. It like planted this seed and I started to question. Right. And it was in that questioning that I signed up for my first course, signed up for two courses. And it was, you know, it was a lot of money what felt like a lot of money at the time. And I was in those courses. And of course, I thought I was going to sell, you know, coaching, like health coaching. And so the first like three months of being like, I'm going to sell health coaching. And if they want Shaco or if they want to do the workouts, that's the side, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so that was the model in my head. And I went to my first live event in April 2016, tied to one of the courses that I bought. And I was sitting next to a very famous course creator, Melissa Griffin, she teaches Pinterest and blogging. And I think she now teaches courses. And she had, you know, she was a multi-million dollar business. And I was sitting next to her at lunch, like, which is also like, you know, wow, I was sitting next to her at lunch. And she was like asking about, you know, if, if Lindsay, if only people finished my course, I know they would like get results. And I was like, oh, I've been teaching online for like 10 years. You know, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. So I started talking to her about it. And she's like, she looks me in the eyes and she's like, why aren't you telling everyone this? And I was like, oh, like it's not health coaching, which has no like passion. Teaching is like passion for me. So that was the beginning of me realizing that entrepreneurs needed help teaching. They needed help teaching specifically online. So that was the aha moment I had in April of 2016. And by December of 2016, I was out. So um, out, like literally left teaching. And so it was fast. I like booked out of clients really quick. You know, in 2016, there wasn't a ton of conversation about curriculum design. Mm. And more people were just like, oh, just sell people. It doesn't matter. And now that the course industry is so mature, you know, really good course experiences are necessary to stand out from maybe your competitors and that kind of thing. And people have, I think, buyers are just a little more aware and conscious of what's happening. So I was a little early in the course creation game, kind of. And then I did that for like four or five years. Mm. And in that work, right, the biggest problem I was solving was 
Lindsay, people aren't finishing my courses. The same question Melissa asked me at the very beginning. So it was like, okay, cool. I can help you make your curriculum fancy and, and, you know, offer some tips on engagement and all the things. But if they never open the course, they never watch the video, what's the point? It doesn't matter how good your content is, right? Yeah. And so it wasn't actually me having this aha moment as an educator teaching others how to teach. I was actually the student in someone else's course. It was a money mindset course. Mm. It was 1800 bucks. And I love the woman's voice. She just, I, she's just one of those like teachers that like you can tell is just like channeling her like knowledge. I love those kind of teachers. They're not over prepped. They're just like, they just know their shit. And I was like in her website and like clicking around her WordPress site. And I was so frustrated because I was like, I just want to listen to her. Like, I just want to binge her course. Yeah. I said to my husband, I was like, can we just put this on a podcast feed? Like that would make my life so much easier. And he's like, yeah, let me see what I can do. Because we had started hearing this idea of private podcasts. I had started hearing people talk about it, specifically in membership communities I was in. And it was this idea that you could gate it, that it wasn't searchable on Apple and Spotify. That's like mm-hmm. the key, right? Like, I don't want to put this woman's course who put her like, right? That's like, that's her content, right? Yeah. And so we spent like, I would say probably about six months. My husband's a researcher, like he needs to like, <laughs> and, and he's had a product at Hello Audio. So he wanted to get into the weeds with like how RSS feeds work. Is it mm. truly hidden? Like, what are, what do we need to put in place? And this is before... And we spent that whole year, almost like a half a year doing this. And Transistor didn't even have private podcast feeds. Like very few podcast companies had private feeds, which meant when we did all that market research, there's no way for course creators to put a course on a podcast. It's actually not very simple. And so that's how we knew we needed to build it. And even looking at all the podcast hosting companies out there, it still felt like, hey, they're not serving this audience. They serve podcast hosts. That's who they serve. And so we were like, we want to serve creators. And what do creators want? They want to be able to bulk upload, you know, a hundred videos at once. No podcast host lets you do that because that's not typically how a podcast is created. Yeah. And so we just started going through the nuances and we've rebuilt podcast hosting from the ground up, not for podcasters, but for creators with a focus on private feeds. And so going after, you know, deciding to be a tech CEO (laughs) was not in my agenda. But what I love about sharing my story is like at the very beginning of like realizing that, that at the time it was called podcast your course, which is like super obvious and clear at that time, I told myself, I don't want to be a tech CEO. Like, Mm. let's just partner with somebody, like maybe a podcast hosting company. And I show him that, show these folks that this audience exists and I'm a part of their team in some capacity. I maybe have like equity or something. There were, there are options for us. And so I fought it for a little while, but I sold $30,000 worth of lifetime licenses for podcast your course off of a Facebook post. Um, and that was like, oh, shoot, I can totally hire a developer. Like, let's do wait, this. And I'm that a was CEO. The, yeah, like, wait, I can just like make this happen. And that was in August of 2019. So that was like the first day that podcast your course was sold. And then it took about a year. We had some stumbling blocks. We had a bad co-founder um, who ended up taking the code and literally creating the product herself, which mm. we won't get into. Um, we had a developer. Yeah, it was good times. Um, she's still out there, which is fun. And then we had a developer that kind of messed up. And so 
it did take like about a year to like get it off the ground. And we launched in November of 2020 to um, monthly users instead of just uh, what's it called lifetime licenses. So yeah, so that's been a, it's been a journey of like, and then I'm I'm literally recording this podcast from a tech accelerator. So Hello Audio got into accepted into TechStars Atlanta. And so Ooh. we're getting all this support about how to build a successful startup really quickly. Um, and it's been, it's been a journey, but also really cool. Like I want people to realize that if you see a problem in your industry or in your work and people are solving it by cobbling together things like spreadsheets, multiple types of, of products, you might have the idea for a SaaS there. And a SaaS is just a software as a service. And I want more women to realize that they can be like running tech companies, that it's a very male dominated space. And so I like coming back to this coaching world and to podcasters and creators and all these folks out there who are making their way as solopreneurs and making money online. I like them knowing that that knowledge that you're learning there totally serves you in the tech world. Like Mm. I'm further along than a lot of these other founders that are even in this tech accelerator because I'm so used to bootstrapping and selling and marketing and like all of that. That's an important part of tech too. You may not know how to code, but guess what? You can find a coder like literally anywhere on the planet. And so we are getting a lot of knowledge by running our own businesses that can absolutely translate in the tech space. And I think that that's huge. Mm. And I, at the very early days really look back and think that I was like really underestimating what I have done for the last five years running a consulting and a like coaching business. I underestimated what I learned Mm -hmm. because I learned a lot. There were ups and downs and, you know, things, it it totally translate into the tech space. Not everything, but from a like running a business and getting customers. Yeah. And there's so many of these like tech bros out there who just like have ideas and they're just selling the dream. And then they have no customers that don't even want it, which is like crazy. And they spend investors millions of dollars on and and never find customers. It's crazy. And so I'm sitting here being like, there's a whole bunch of people in this space who could totally, you know, create a piece of tech that could help their audience. And that is huge to like get traction. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that also speaks to, like you're saying, you're pulling in all of the stuff that you've learned over the past five, you know, even I'm sure 10 years, your whole, everything Mm. can kind of come together. And that's whenever we look at, you know, someone else's path and say, wait, like, how did Lindsay just like Mm. start Hello Audio out of just like nowhere, nowhere. right? She left her job in six months, but what we don't know or what we don't pay attention to or give credit to is like, she struggled for 12 years or maybe not even struggled, but it was doing something else for, for five years before that. And cause I have the same type of story where I was, I started as a, in the, in a beach, as a beach body coach in 2012, I didn't really have a true business until 2018. Mm-hmm. And so if you would have mm-hmm. met me in 2018, you would have been like, wow, she just hit gold. It's like, no, <laughs> it was, it was six years of, of trying other things out and stuff. So that's Absolutely. one thing about, you know, comparing our journeys is that it's not comparable. So I love that. That's so cool that the way that you worded that, that like all of these hosting companies and all of the podcasting services and resources that we have are geared towards podcasters, Mm -hmm. but you guys are really geared towards creators. And I love that because the word's gotten out that audio is so powerful and Mm -hmm. my audience knows that so well, you know, audio is so powerful and easier to consume and all of these great things. And so creators are starting to realize this, but maybe a podcast 
isn't the right move for them. Or maybe they do have a podcast, but they can use audio in other ways. So, you know, my audience, now that private feeds are like, oh, okay, this is a thing. Let's see, Mm -hmm. like, is this right for our clients? Maybe our clients are coming to us saying, hey, like, how could I use an audio feed? Or we love the idea. We want to do it. So we're going to pitch it to our our clients and say, hey, this could make a ton of sense. You already have me on your team. You've got a course or whatever. I'd love to go through a couple ways that course creators, um, and it might not just be course creators, but people are using audio feeds in their businesses. So um, what's like the number one way that you see people using Hello Audio and private feeds right now? Yeah. So I don't know that there's like a number one, number one. Well, maybe there is because I think like our ideal person is somebody who like, I think of the creators, when you hear the word creator, that's also like a hot thing right now. Right. So Mm -hmm. yes, there's TikTokers and YouTubers and all of, and like, they're all creators and it's cool. Like they're making shit online. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the creators who are also running businesses. So what happens on TikTok and you see it with the big followers is now they're selling merch. Right. And they're starting to like, maybe say, Oh, I could teach people how I did this, right? You and I know that journey. And so they're creators that have businesses, and they're likely selling their expertise online, what comes with that, you know, masterclasses, courses, membership. So I think one of the main use cases for Hello Audio is educational content, which is what you alluded to. It's also like I like I shared in my story, the birthplace of Hello Audio was Mm. literally I want to help with course completion. Like that was how we started. And that's who we sold to. And that was the language around it. And then when it came out, people started to use it in different ways. And that was also on the front end. So the lead gen and the marketing. So there's the educational content and the marketing kind of lead gen piece. And those are kind of the two maybe pillars of of like how people are using Hello Audio. Then there's like a third one, which isn't as common. And I think it's just because of our like target audience at the time and what types of businesses they have. But we also have some people who have some bigger businesses, like, you know, seven figure, um, eight figure type businesses. They're using it for team stuff. So internal Mm -hmm. podcasts for uh, team culture things, um, you know, recordings of meetings, which is a very common use case. Mm. Um, They're using it for onboarding of clients. So you could say that that's not really lead gen. That's what happens like once they're in your world. But like the onboarding piece, Emily Hirsch, who runs Hirsch Marketing, she has a Facebook ads agency. And she's actually a close friend of mine. We've been building businesses together from the beginning. Uh, We lived in the same town. And she was like one of my first like IRL, like entrepreneur friends. (laughs) For sure. And yeah, so she's built this huge like $3 million ads agency. And with Facebook ads, it's really complicated, right? So people pay her, you know, the big bucks to run ads for their stuff. And the sad part about it is that the CEOs who are hiring her and trying to, you know, sell their courses or whatever, um, don't really understand how Facebook ads work. And that's a bummer. That does a disservice to her team because then they're questioning things where her team's like, well, this is how Facebook ads work. Like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you can start mm-hmm. to see. So she built an internal training that was all videos like that she made mandatory for someone on the team to watch. And she said it was hard to get people to watch it. And when I started creating this product, she's like, oh my gosh, I could just send them a podcast feed 
And so she onboards her clients saying, here's how the ads work. Like, here's our process. Um, meet your manager. And there's a podcast recording of the person that's going to be on their uh, account. Love and this. like, just cool stuff. And then she also has a, um, she has a, buy, a double a week show, twice a week show. So she has a ton of podcast content and she teaches on it. It's not really an interview show. So she pulled her top like episodes that she felt that those people needed. And she gave that as even bonus content. Like, hey, if you want to dive a little bit deeper and kind of like really know what we're doing, here's some other episodes. So what a great experience for somebody who's paying monthly for something that's really scary and they don't typically understand, which is why they're hiring it out, but they need that knowledge. That knowledge helps them move forward. So I know I went like a little deep there, but like, those are the kinds of things you can use this for like internal team communication and like onboarding and stuff, the marketing to get them to show up and then also courses and educational content, which you can see the relationship between like the onboarding piece for that. Yeah, for sure. Hey there. I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. So then to speak more to the whole course completion, mm-hmm. whenever people are using, you know, maybe they have a course or a membership, they've got the video lessons that we see often, and they they have this problem of people aren't finishing the finishing. And just to point out the, the issue with people not finishing is that then they don't get the transformation yeah. and then they don't get the testimonial. And mm-hmm. number one, as a course creator myself, you want people to get the transformation. Like you care that they get the transformation just in general. But from a practical standpoint, if you don't get a testimonial, if people aren't having success, your product, your course isn't going to grow. So it's yep. really essential that people finish the, the lessons. So how is adding a private feed, helping people to finish. Give us some of those reasons. Yeah. So my guess is that someone who's literally listening to our voices right now is probably like doing something else. Like most of the time, we're not just like sitting in a chair listening to a podcast. Sometimes maybe I have my cup of coffee kind of thing Mm -hmm. in the morning. But that's what's cool about audio is we can like literally you know, do the other things in our life, right? So we can clean the house, we can go on a walk. And so we're multitasking, we're knocking two things off the list, we're growing as a human being, learning something, doing work, 
And then we're like, you know, working out or like, you know, cleaning the house. Like, and so you're hitting two things. And I think in a world where we're just like, literally everybody's avatar is busy. Like, I don't think there's like, everyone always says like, I'm, you know, busy mom is my avatar. It's like, if that's your avatar, then like they need this, but like everybody is busy. Like there's no one that's not busy. We just have different versions of busy. So all that to be said, people are making decisions every day, what they're choosing to like, do. And most of the time, it's not like this in a calendar, I'm going to complete this course right Mm. on laptop. Like we just don't make time for that. But what's cool about audio and specifically audio that like is easily accessible in a podcast player is like, you can hop in your car. And if that's your ritual, or that's the habit of where you listen to audio, you can choose to listen to the course that you bought instead of Joe Rogan, right? Mm-hmm. Who now apparently has COVID. <laughs> no, con- <laughs> no extra commentary there. But anyways, right? Like that's the key. And so I can yeah. look at this and be like, oh yeah, I could like laugh and like listen to a comedian or something or, you know, my crime show or, you know, I bought that course. I should probably listen to it. And so mm-hmm. from an intention perspective, it's huge. And so that's how it helps with course completion. And so one of the things that we talk about with Hello Audio is like the ways you can use it in your course. And some people teach courses live and they drip content module by module. So we do that too. We allow dripping, we allow scheduled content, but we also allow instant. So we've created like new feeds in podcasting to fit the course creator kind of, what's the word, cycle, I guess, of how a course works. And so you can make that choice as a teacher. Do you want... Um, so Amy Porterfield is a client and she or she's a user and she uses it for a digital course academy. And she would... The way she positioned it in her course is, you know, she drops her module. Of, I mean, she makes beautiful videos. She spent probably lots of dollars on that course. She wants people to watch it and we don't want to replace video courses. Okay. However, what she would do is she'd release the content and then the podcast version would come out like at the end of the week or something. Mm. So people could like watch the videos and then she'd say, if you missed it or you need to catch up or you need to re-listen because Mm -hmm. you really want to integrate it, here's the podcast episode or episodes. And so that's a cool way to do it. Another thing is it really can handle the objection of like, I've fallen behind or I, you know, I don't have enough time. And you... I prefer as a teacher, and this is how I was when I was a college professor too, is I'd actually let students get ahead in the discussion board posting. Mm -hmm. And some of my colleagues didn't like that. But I just am like, if people are making the time and they for one week have two hours and the next week don't have any, why, who am I to stop them from, you know, getting ahead? So I think the same thing about online courses is I don't really like dripping it and holding it back personally. Mm -hmm. And so what that ties to is when someone starts, you know, like is overwhelmed and hasn't opened the course, you can reach out and say, hey, why don't you not touch any of the videos? Don't even log in. Literally listen to the whole entire course. That's what I want you to do. It's only three hours. It's only four hours, whatever. It's like an audiobook. Binge it. Don't take any action. Mm-hmm. And then make the time to sit in front of the computer and do the workbooks, right? Or do the actions. What you do here from an adult learning perspective is you empower them because we think we want to force them to like do the action. Like you're not making the time. You're a bad student. That's not helping an adult who is making decisions about when to take the course and like they're busy, right? And so what you're doing instead is maybe they don't learn a bunch, right? Like they don't, they couldn't go execute just from listening to your voice. However, when they do go to sit down and watch the videos, they're empowered because there's tiny things they remember. So you've Mm. already gotten them results 
from a like mental scaffolding perspective. Like they're like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember her talking about this. Cool. They feel like now doing the workbook or taking the action is actually easier. When in reality, it's not actually any easier. They just feel more confident. And so, so much about teaching is like emotions. And I think if we can like flip it and say, here's a tool that will help you feel more confident going through your content, like that's powerful. You don't have to say it like that, but like that's the... That's the experience. What happens when someone pre-listens to something? It's called pre-framing in college classrooms. I don't know if you remember. I mean, we I haven't been in college in a long time. Uh, <laughs> but you know, your teacher would say, read the chapter ahead before yeah. the lecture, right? And so if you were a really good student, you did it. If you weren't, you know, maybe whatever. Sometimes teacher gave quizzes. I don't even remember this, doing quizzes before you came to class. The evidence actually came back that like, you know, it kind of helps people to read the whole chapter, but people who even skimmed a textbook and looked at the headlines of what Mm -hmm. was going to be discussed did better than people who didn't open the book at all in recall at the end of that lecture. So it absolutely helps to be somewhat familiar before you're sitting down cold. Like, what the fuck is she going to talk about right now? Right? Like, yeah. And so I think taking those lessons from like, learning theory and and how they can apply to audio, I think is really is a way that is helping our uh, people's students get results and like actually complete the course. Yeah. Yeah. I think that totally makes sense. And some, I think the pre-listening is so smart from my, just my perspective. Cause it's like, yeah, you get an idea of what's coming. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to the entire course and didn't take any action and then you, and then once you start going through the videos, you know why a comes first because yes. in C you you need. So like, you know, there's those, uh, those course takers that are like their red flags are up from the start. They're like, why do I have to learn this? Are we, you know, they're just like maybe skeptics. Mm-hmm. And so then if they were to do that, they'd see, okay, this does make sense. Or maybe they see, I don't need A because I already listened mm-hmm. to A. So I don't, I don't need to listen to the first lesson or I don't need to watch the first lesson because, you know, I already have the knowledge or whatever. But yes, I think there's so many reasons why the video lessons and the audio lessons, they serve their own purposes. We mm-hmm. don't really need to eliminate one or the other. But there's, I, I think there, is there space too to just have audio courses? Yeah, I think you know, some content serves better for that. And, you know, we'll be honest. And I think from my perspective, the other, the piece I didn't talk about with Hello Audio and like when it was called Podcast Your Course is I used to teach people, it was called Build a Better Beta. I had a course that was about how to launch your first course. Mm. And the whole point of it was like, hey, you know, pre-sell your your course and then teach live and use those live recordings to like improve the curriculum for the next round. And tied to that was always like the launch of a course is like uh, the videos and the worksheets and the and the PowerPoint slides. And I was like, that's not even teaching. Like, that's all just like extra stuff. Like teaching happens when like uh, one person is like helping another person like through a learning journey and there's a transferring of knowledge. Like it doesn't have to be PowerPoint. And so... I taught people how to do that using my experience as a live lecturer, right? Like as somebody mm. who taught in person. So I taught that. And the one of the biggest hurdles is like all the technology you have to choose, blah, blah, blah. And it takes so much time to create that kind of course. Audio, as you and I are sitting here, like my hair is wet. Like I look like I didn't put makeup on. And that's yeah. why I love podcasting. It's so much easier for me to show up. And the same thing happens with an audio course and any audio asset for that matter. You know, as we lean into talking about marketing, it's just easier to create 
audio than it is video, just hands down. So if you're, if you're feeling like, you know, maybe not your signature program, right? This like big course that takes them from a big transformation, but like maybe a smaller program of yours would really help people, you know, get through. I'd rather you launch that than Mm. launch nothing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, most of the time videos are talking heads, or the PowerPoint slides, they're reading slides, which is like a big no-no in, in college professor teaching as well. So, you know, we have to be honest about like, what is actually going to get them the results. Yeah. And I think like a welcome video is helpful. And I do think video helps you in so many ways, like feel the vibe of somebody, but mm-hmm. so does audio. Like you yeah. can't fake it in audio. And so I think you do have the key things that you need for a good lesson is like that voice and the intonation and like all of that matters also and that there's intimacy in the audio piece for sure because you typically have their attention longer. I think Mm -hmm. when people are watching videos, like, yeah, you can see the person, they're human and whatever, but there's something about audio that's like your headphones are on. I literally have noise canceling on. This is why it's powerful too. When Mm -hmm. you put those headphones on, you are like literally tuning out everything else Yeah, and you're listening. You're in your world versus watching something, which is like, Uh, I'm bored. Let me click this notification, right? Let me type off this text. I am now officially not paying attention. Mm -hmm. Totally two different states of being. And that's why I think audio is so powerful. So I even lean more towards like, probably most courses could be audio if we're being honest. Yeah, I agree because like, I, I love seeing the way people talk, like, like totally. you're saying, like there's, there's something to connecting with the way that someone talks, the visual piece of it. But I find when I'm taking courses, I just like watch the way they talk. I get distracted by their physical presence. Yes. So then, you know, you stop listening to the, you're, you don't realize that you're not understanding what they're saying because you're just watching them mm-hmm. Where, versus like with, with audio, you just, you only have that one mm. thing coming at you. So that's, I think that's one of the reasons it really commands attention is because totally. it's like, if you zone out, then it's just because like, it's just, I think it's just easy or not as easy to zone out when you're listening to audio. So I agree. That's so fascinating. So let's move on to the marketing piece. What are some ways that people are using private feeds for their marketing? Yeah, this is where I think it gets really fun and where our audience got very creative. So we like, we're very big on the course piece, the membership site piece, the events and the summits and that kind of thing. But then when you get into uh, the marketing, so I mean, I could talk about so many different things. There is a podcast hosting, uh, a woman who runs a podcast hosting agency, kind of like, you know, this audience, right? So um, she helps them create their podcast and she manages it for them and does the cover art and all the things. So she fell in love with Hello Audio and the options. And she basically was like, well, why do I do... Like, why do I do any of the things that I was doing mm-hmm. to launch? Masterclass. To, uh, masterclass or challenge even that. And so she just kind of started to create themed podcasts, private podcasts that she would launch once a month. And here, that's what's cool about podcasts, private podcasts specifically from a marketing perspective, is you basically use this language like it's exclusive. You can't, right? Like you have to sign up to get it. And I think right now, at least, it's still a little new where it looks very innovative. So that's like one mm-hmm. win about being an early adopter with private podcasting is like, not everyone's using it in marketing yet. And so you do stand out. But the second is like, the idea that like, you're basically honoring the people who are wanting to consume it by being like, hey, guess what, I'm not gonna make you show up to a masterclass, like all the episodes drop 
you know, you can binge it. I think she even experimented with dropping them all at once, dropping them day by day. So she's been testing lots of different things, but she was booking herself out. She, this is how she was getting clients. That was her promotion mm -hmm. to get new clients and book herself out. So it was really cool to watch. Um, we've had a lot of people similar to like the educational piece, like even with marketing, when you're doing a big promotion for a couple of weeks and maybe pushing people to a course or a group program or something, you know, it's all about consumption there too. If they're not listening to your marketing content, they're not going to be excited to buy, right? You haven't taken them on that customer journey where they realize they have a problem and that this thing is the solution. If you haven't architected that whole, you know, market promo and they're skipping sessions or like not attending everything, they're again, not getting the whole message, right? And so I think from a marketing perspective, you can look at it like, okay, cool. How could audio content, you know, help in my customer journey? Like, what could that look like? And so I think there's some cool opportunities there if you think about your promotions. And then we have people uh, like Tarzan Kay, who's like an email copywriter. Mm -hmm. um, she was like, I'm putting my newsletter on this. Like I write two emails a week. I'm fucking good at writing emails and they're funny. And right. I want to give people the option to listen. And so she has a private podcast called Tarzan Reads Her Emails. Oh, I love and that. at the bottom, yeah, at the bottom of every newsletter she writes, if you'd rather listen to this, click here to subscribe and it will automatically show up in your podcast player every time there's wow. a new episode. And so what's cool is like those folks who don't want to deal with inbox stuff. They don't have to unsubscribe per se, but now they can set up Gmail to mark as red and they can just listen. And she's funny, right? And she's coloring what she's saying, which I think is really cool. And then here's the trippy thing. People have even flipped that. So if you're like, man, well, I'm not a copywriter. I don't write two times a week, but like, oh, I know I'm, I'm supposed to warm up my list, right? I'm supposed to talk to them. We all know this, but maybe it's hard for you to sit down and write. But if you're a podcaster, right? What if you just recorded an email? What if you were just like, oh, I'm going to tell them today about what I did and like whatever, right? So you record it and then you you take transcripts and mm -hmm. you turn it into an email, right? So now you've like actually flipped how you write emails. Mm -hmm. And the first one can go to the podcast episode for folks who want to listen. And the second one can go to the inbox. And so I think that's a really cool use case from a marketing perspective. I'm trying to think if there's any others that are like specific to marketing. I mean, people are using it to like, um, instead of replays for webinars, they're offering the audio version. I just think about like, I guess like the moral of this is right. Like hopefully you and I have made the case to your listeners that like, and like you were saying, people realize audio is powerful. There, it's just, there's something different about it. And so what other things in your business can you turn into audio to maybe increase in consumption? That's how I want you to be thinking. For sure. And it's it's pretty fun to see the creative ways. And then we even have people. So this is like, just like personal. And I think this is cool to, you know, just show how audio too, though, is taking over just like in general, like in the mainstream world too. We had a user for Christmas present for their family, their daughter was learning how to read and COVID was last year, right? Still happening. COVID's this year too. Um, and they hadn't seen the grandparents and like family members and stuff. So they made a podcast feed of the daughter learning how to read different books and sent it to the family members wow. uh, for Christmas. I'm like, yeah. I like get teary died thinking about it because it's like, there is something really special about family members recorded voices, right? Mm -hmm. And I think someone else, they all made they made a feed of family members for someone who had a terminal illness in their family. 
and like said, I'm like, wow, wow. And you can hold that forever. Right. And videos are important too. Like it's all important. But yeah. like you said, there's some, there's something about like hearing a voice, closing your eyes. The person feels like they're there a video. It's like, you're looking at them, but they're not there. You're looking at the past. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and it takes your brain somewhere else, but like mm-hmm. voice, like really, like, I think like grounds you and creates that presence and so much. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. And uh, that is incredible. Going back to what you were saying about Tarzan Kay, how she took mm-hmm. her, her newsletter into an audio. You see that in the podcasting space. Like I've heard this. Yeah. I've heard this coming out. Yeah. yeah. Not sure if you've heard of like podnews.net. They do a lot of like updates on the podcasting world and they have a, an incredible newsletter. It's only like a five minute read, but yet still I... I don't always have time to read that, even though I want to. And they they have a podcast. So like sometimes I'll read it, sometimes I'll listen to it. So that concept, of course, it's been happening in the podcasting space because we love audio. But mm. bringing that into the course creator world where they're not as familiar with that idea is so yeah. cool. And so even to me, I was like, oh my gosh, why? Yeah. Why aren't, why, more, I that? <laughs> why aren't more people that mm-hmm. write incredible newsletters like Tarzan K, why aren't they doing just an audio version? Like that mm-hmm. makes so much sense. So, and from a creator's perspective, that repurposing, like I, I also want people to realize that like, it's really easy. Like a lot of these feeds can be created out of stuff you already have. Like we didn't even really talk about it. Like one of my favorite parts about using Hello Audio is the replays of coaching calls inside a course or Mm. program. That to me, like that was the thing. Like every time I bought a course and didn't show up to the coaching calls, I'm like, yeah, they would post the replays, but guaranteed 97, 99% of the students never watch that replay, especially if they weren't on it. Mm. You know, especially if they were on it, even like, oh, I was already there. I don't need to like listen to it. But the idea that you could like learn from in a group setting, I believe in wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And it's another way for somebody to get growth. And if they can't make the call and they're not also watching that video, then they're not getting as good of a transformation as they possibly could. There's something magical about watching other people ask questions and get Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Because you like judge them differently than you judge yourself. Like that's just literally how it works. And so I think that as a learning tool is huge. And so Mm -hmm. replays and being able to, and again, all this is like all stuff you've already created. You're just offering that other option for people. And that's the key. Yeah. So one thing that I haven't decided really my opinion on yet, and I'd love to hear your opinion is, you know, I am definitely a believer in editing podcasts. I like, mm. I like editing podcasts. I, I get the, that some people are good raw. Um, but like, I love like removing a good tongue, tongue click. That's what sure. us podcasters, like our podcast managers, we love that kind of stuff. So do you see this like repurposing mm. all of this content needing to be edited? Because I'll, I'll tell you my opinion, I guess, is that I'm like, that just adds another layer. Like if you had mm-hmm. 20 coaching call replays, you wanted to turn into editing. It's like, well, you're already hearing the tongue clicks on the, or whatever have you on the, when you're watching. So like, I just think strip it and put it up as an audio. Like we don't necessarily need to edit everything. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, yeah, you hear the same experience if you showed up live to the call. Um, mm-hmm. I think 
you know, we, a use case too is like, we're like Facebook lives, right. Or, or mm-hmm. IG trainings, like stuff like that. It's like, sometimes there's that beginning part where like, I don't know, maybe you're not diving right in and, or there's that end part where the questions are like dragging on. Yeah. Um, at Hello Audio, we do something called audio feed Friday, every Friday. And it's right. like the three co-founders get on there and just like help, help people think of marketing ideas, all the things do updates. I just drop it in. I don't even overthink it because because the reality is, and this is what I like about why this is why we um, made it into a podcast feed and like are getting rid of MP3 files completely is like the podcast players are like made for listening and they've thought of everything. So you can mm-hmm. speed it up. Mm-hmm. You can jump ahead. And so, yeah, if I'm like talking out of my ass for the first two minutes, just like jump ahead every you know, 15, 30 seconds, you're good, right? Like yeah, we do yeah. that to skip ads, right? So yes. I think putting the onus on the listener is better than putting the onus on the creator for making the thing come out perfect. Because the thing is, is like, you just want them to listen. And if you right. overthink it, but I will say, I'm like a big fan of Descript. I don't know if your audience likes Descript. I, that's what I use for editing. It's not perfect, but it does mm-hmm. like catch really great things. If I do a, um, an investor update. So in the tech space, when you start raising capital and stuff, you basically, they want a monthly update about how the company is doing, whether they've mm-hmm. given you money or maybe they're a prospective investor. So you do this thing called investor updates. Most of the time it's written out, whatever. I'm doing audio versions oh, too, right? Yes. And like, they love it. And that one, for example, I just recorded my most recent one. They're like five or six minutes. Mm-hmm. I got rid of the ums. Like I might as well sound like professional, right? Yeah. And But that's different than repurposing, right? Like I made this specific nugget for them to get something out of it. So that quick editing works, but I'm with you. I think if it's a longer coaching call, editing that kind of stuff out, it's just not worth it. I think the yeah. like impact is higher than the like perfection. For sure. As long as the audio is not horrific, like there is something bad about like really terrible audio, but that's not the same as like clicks and ums and like some mess ups. Right. Yeah. And I think it comes down to just like, does it need to be polished? If Mm -hmm. as a podcast, that's probably a marketing tool. That's a marketing tool for a lot of our clients. And so they want it to be polished. It makes sense. But then, you know, if if this is a repurposing, if they're using a private feed as like a repurposing thing, then it doesn't need to be polished. So I think that's when it comes down to like you deciding, our listeners deciding with our, with their clients, is this going to be a polished piece or is it, is it good raw? So yeah, I, I like that. That makes sense. This has been so good. I know that my listeners are going to just love this because just... Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I personally just love like watching audio grow and it's just mm. so cool. And I'm so excited that Hello Audio is here. We started using it for my accelerator program, which is like a smaller group of my students for just taking my lessons and turning them into audio forms. So we have video and audio. But I have gotten requests from my big group to take the coaching calls and putting them on a, their other private feed. So mm-hmm. you may have convinced me to do that. Uh, nice. <laughs> but where else can we learn about Hello Audio? Can you just tell us a little bit about how our our listeners can help their clients to use it? Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to give you guys two tools that are that are free. There's the Audio um, Advantage PDF, which has 43 ways to use audio. It's we talked about a lot of them, but it'll give you even more <laughs> um, ideas um, and types of kind of audio that you can create, types of content. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. And then the other one that we actually just released is 
success stories with Hello Audio. And it's essentially 43 episodes, <laughs> which sounds like a lot of actual Hello Audio users doing a snippet of like why they use Hello Audio, what the results were, like what they're getting out of it. So it's almost like one big long testimonial page, mm -hmm. but you can listen to it and you can binge, you can look at the topics and be like, oh, she used it for list building. Oh, this person used it for her mastermind. So you can kind of skim the titles and be like, oh yeah, I would do that. And like, listen to that person talk about how they used it with that specific thing. And that, um, I actually do have the URL for that. Um, if you go to go.helloaudio.fm forward slash success dash stories, success dash stories. And we'll have that link in the show notes as well. And what's cool about that too, about that specifically is you actually get to see what the private podcast experience is like because it's a private podcast. So you'll go through the whole onboarding and you'll get to see what it's like as a listener. Yes, which is important because we want to see, okay, how easy is it really to add mm -hmm. this podcast to your player? And it is extremely easy. It's as easy as it can get. You guys make it super easy. So I think all everyone listening is probably just wants to see that onboarding piece. Because totally. That's where that's kind of where we live. So um, this has been so great. Like I said, I really appreciate that you came on and, and shared this with us. So thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing Podcast Manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.